This is an ABC podcast. Roots and Shoots with Jamie, Charlotte and Sabrina on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Good dance moves, guys. Who dang? Actually, you know... I think yeah, I could do the sprinkler move really well with the with golden arm. arm. Yeah. Yes. You've really got that robotic yeah. sort of style yeah. down. Yeah. Well done. Good morning to you, Sabrina. My talents abound. Uh-oh. Good morning, Charlotte, and good morning, Jamie. Oh, hello. What a splendid day. Indeed. How are it's, you? Because it's a weekend. Yeah. Love weekends. Made it. Yes. Made it this far. Got lots of gardening to do. I had an epiphany in the garden this morning. What was it? I was going to rip something out. Mm-mm. It was oh. a brave move. Have you already ripped it out? Yep. Gee, we're not wasting any time. <laughs> when did you do that? Well, I usually get up at about six o'clock in the morning. Really? So heaps of time before I get here. Just so you can listen to the start of our show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, people that miss out in that first couple of hours, few hours before I come on, they're yeah. really missing out. Yeah, Aren't it can they? be some interesting radio. <laughs> <laughs> first 15 minutes is often, <laughs> often interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Often give away a little bit during that time, don't we? <laughs> we share some things, don't we? Yep. Yeah. Yep. See? So if you're tuning in to Roots and Shoots and you haven't been listening to the first 15 minutes of Saturday breakfast mm, you've up until out. now, mm. seriously missed out. Is the tip. <laughs> Tune in. You never know what you'll get. No. Can go nuclear. Uh, so what did you rip out? I ripped out a Banksia. Gee whiz. And a lavender. How big were they? Well, the Banksia's large. Yep. Mm. I didn't actually rip it out. I just cut it down. Okay. Do you have any help with that? Because I'm concerned about what you can achieve with one broken arm. Yeah. No, look, I'm I'm getting pretty adept with the left hand Are and you? left arm. Mm. Really? My writing's illegible, but um, I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm coming along. I'll be ambidextrous by the time this thing comes off. It's a great test. They do say yeah. that that's one way you can really improve your mind is by just yes. trying to do basic things with the other hand, like brushing your teeth. Yes, brushing your teeth and other things. But I've found my thighs are, are mm-hmm. a fantastic asset. Oh, well, of course. Your thighs? <laughs> yeah, because you have to hold things in your thighs uh, okay. to undo them. You're right. So, so it becomes like a... <laughs> A clamp. Like that's, a, it, that's exactly right. Thigh clamp. Like a thigh clamp. Okay. So I'm building up muscles everywhere. If you'd like to know more about Sabrina's thigh clamp, <laughs> then give us a call this morning. one 222 720 or send a text to 0437-922-720. Do remember to check out our Facebook and Instagram pages as well where things get really interesting with Sabrina's thigh clamp. You can get suggestions, things people want to see Sabrina clamp with her thighs. Let's hope Wombat doesn't hear that. (laughs) Sorry, I'm literally looking at the screen right now. Line 5 has just lit up with Wombat. He heard heard Sabrina thigh clamp and he went straight to the feel like we're going to get in trouble today. I just oh, got dear. a little... Oh, dear. All right, let's take a deep breath. We're appealing to a different audience this morning. That's what it's all about, Jamie. All are welcome. Cynthia, I think um, we could do with a bit of help from you this morning. Hello. Hello, Charlotte. Good morning, Cynthia. We're in the gutter and we're only five <laughs> minutes in, Cynthia. Can you help oh, us out of it? Well, there's two beautiful gardens you can go to. Morning. Jolly good. Uh, Wrap your thighs around a few rose bushes, <laughs> yes, I say. Yes. 
Um, Ouch. The first one is 40 Linden Gardens in Floriot, and this is a productive garden. It has some interesting little chooks, uh, fruit trees, some big shady native trees, and it's been carefully planted so that you can screen out the traffic noise. Uh-huh. Yeah, sounds interesting. And then we have Cranny Nook, nine Atufi Gardens in Helena Valley, and Jill has the most gorgeous mosaic stained glass and sculptures scattered around her garden. It's always been a really popular one, so plenty of choice for people to go and have a look at. But I'm interested, um, Sabrina, did you get a chance to Google up your Carina canariensis that you pinched from Florence? (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't had a chance yet. (laughs) But that was wonderful. I went to... um, the open garden that was on last weekend and my little eyes, I was beside, I was like a kid in a lolly shop, wasn't I, Cynthia? I'm going, I'll have a piece of that and a piece yeah. of that. And then I told everyone they weren't allowed to take any cuttings but I'd be back <laughs> next week. <laughs> one rule for some one rule for others. Hey? Uh, but gardeners do love to share, don't they, Cynthia? They do, and yeah. look, that is quite a rare plant. It's an interesting one, and I love mine because it um, comes up. It's absolutely covered in these beautiful apricot bells. Yeah. And then I read this morning that you can actually eat part of the flower. I don't know that I'm that hungry, but <laughs> if you want to try, you can. It is most the most people, extraordinary plant. Yeah, most people have theirs in the shade, as I do. Yeah. Denise has got hers growing in full sun. It's thriving. Oh. Yeah. But Bob Longmore in Nana has yes. a purple one. He's the only one that I know that's got a purple one, so you'll have to get friendly with him too. I know. I'm really good mates with Bob. Consider that done. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks, Cynthia. Thanks, Cynthia. Thank you very much for filling us in. Plenty of gardens to check out this weekend. Uh, Ross is in Bustleton. Hi, Ross. Oh, hello. How are you? Hello, Ross. I'm... Hello. Welcome. Yes, we certainly are, Ross. Oh, good. Thank you, Sabrina. Uh, Why I rung is that we're in Bustleton celebrating about the 80th spring garden show. (gasps) How exciting. Oh, how wonderful. It is, isn't it? It's extraordinary how long it's been going. That is a I long know. time. Well, yeah. there's a lot of keen gardeners down there around Bustleton. There are, and many belong to many different garden clubs, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but our, our small society, it's not large, and it's really relatively mature, Yep. Um, is, is holding a spring show in the uh, St Mary's... Um, Family Centre in Bustleton today. Right. Oh, yeah. cool. So, from what time to what time, Ross? Uh, um, it's open. Well, it's open now. Oh, I can hear them. Jeez, sounds and friendly. Actually, oh, that's my dog having a chat. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it um, closes about two this afternoon. Okay. But it was open yesterday and then this morning through to about two. Oh, that and sounds it, wonderful. It's a very pretty show and there's lots to do and lots of little plants that our members have grown for sale. Very cheaply, I must say. Yeah, fantastic. And, uh, just a nice place to be, and it's been raining down here, so it's even better to be undercover. Perfect. Yeah. Well, right. thank you so much, Ross. Thank uh, you for filling us in, Ross. So there's stuff going on in Perth, there's stuff going on in Bustleton, there's something for all gardeners this weekend. We've got Rob on the line in Cottesloe. Hello, Rob. Hello. Good morning. Morning, Rob. How are you? Exceptionally well. 
I haven't got my hot fires around the rose bush yet. <laughs> the day is young, Ross. Yeah, don't you worry. There's plenty of time for that, Ross. <laughs> be a bit painful, I think. <laughs> what um, can we do for you this morning, Rob? I've got a deciduous tree. Mm. And uh, it's a Chinese elm, I think. Yeah. And you know how they lose all their leaves in the winter and they get them back in the spring? Yeah. Well, just a few weeks ago, I started to get all the leaves back. The best, I thought it was going to be the best ever. Yeah. And I started to lose all the leaves. Oh, that's not a good sign. You think you think it's still winter? Well, I guess, you know, we've had a, a couple of days of spring, like we had two or three days in a row, and then we've gone straight back to winter. So the poor thing's probably confused, Rob. Now, when it reshoots new leaves, you're going to have to give it a bit of fertiliser because it will have used a lot of energy putting on new leaves and they're falling off. Then it has to do it all over again. Oh. So. Well, well what, when you talk about fertiliser, what do you mean? Uh, you buy a bag of fertiliser. But just general fertiliser. Yeah, just general fertiliser. Yeah. And um, But wait until you see it shooting again. Because I've never fertilised it before. No, but the poor thing's going to be a little bit exhausted by the time it reshoots a second time in one month. Oh, you don't think it's dying? Mm, well, it could be that, but... <laughs> But hopefully not. Let's hope not. I reckon you can save it if you can work out that fertiliser bit. Yeah, I reckon you've got that's a chance. Right. Oh, okay then. Good. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, thanks Rob. Rob. Good on you. Good stuff. Uh, this on the text from Christian, who's in Port Kennedy. Mm. What do you mean by fertiliser? No, he says, yeah. I have a question about passion fruit. I, no, come on. I, I suspect one of mine is ill from disease. Uh-huh. Uh, it says, if this is the case, should I remove the whole plant? Because, uh, you know, before I put another one in nearby, or do I feed and nurture it back to good health? Thanks, well, Christian. It, it depends, Christian, why it's dying. Yeah. If it's got, like, woody virus or something like that, rip it out. If it's got... What are the signs of woody virus? Well, the fruit is really woody and thick, a thick pith. Okay. So more pith than fruit. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it'll start to wilt a bit. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> Say it again because it was funny. I said it'll pith you off. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly does. Boom, boom. Yes. That was good. Um, so the, the leaves will droop. Um, it, yeah. Look, I think depending how old that passion fruit is, if it's older than three or four years, rip it out anyway. Yeah. If it's crook. Before you put another one Before in. you put a new one Maybe in. put a bit of love back into that soil there too. Yeah. Go to the butcher and get yourself a big liver. Not the butcher's liver, you understand, because he'll be needing that. Yeah. No. But like a, 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 a cow's liver, a steer. Yeah. Yeah. And do what? And you put that in the ground. Hole? Or you hole. Do, do a bit hole. of dice work. No. No need for cutting. Okay. Um, so you put a whole liver in the ground, and I told that to Verity James once, and because I was joking, said you make a liver sandwich. So she actually, she actually oh. did make a sandwich and put it in the ground with the bread and everything. Genius. So you don't need the bread, um, but when you put a new plant, they're like a passion fruit, which are very hungry feeders. Ah, uh, they do like to hook into a liver. Jeez, you hold so much power. People will literally do whatever, whatever you say. Whatever you say. Yeah. Yeah. Liver sandwich, yeah. go out and buy some bread, <laughs> butter both sides. 
<laughs> a little bit of mayo in there just to liven it up. Yeah. Some grated carrot, perhaps. Oh, Not big on carrot and sandwiches. No, Because right. the moisture softens the bread. Yeah, but so does good. tomatoes. No, but that's why the tomato has to go between two in other ingredients. Oh, Correct. See. And yeah. always mm-hmm. salt, whether cooking or sandwich, salt and pepper season the tomato. Oh, I totally agree. Have to. You and I could eat at the same sandwich table. I think we could. Yep. Yep. Make one for each other and yep. we both enjoy it. Yep. We digress, guys. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Pete, Pete in Narrambe needs some help. He says, I have over 200 bananas on one bunch. When do I <gasps> cut the flowers off? Sorry, 200? That's wow. a lot of bananas. Well, so once the hands form on the bunch, yep. then uh, once they're all formed and they're starting... You know, you'll tell which ones are going to make it and which ones aren't because some of the little little tiny bananas uh, don't don't banana up. <laughs> like, oh, they're, just, they're just teasers. Okay. Um, so as soon as that's happened, all the bunches are formed, cut the flour off and then cook the flour up in the stir fry. Really? The flour's actually delicious. Mm. Yeah, so you cook it up. And have it as dessert from your liver sandwich <laughs> <laughs> yourself earlier. While salting the tomato. (laughs) Yes. And peppering. Yes, of course, of Mm. course. Uh, Meredith is on the line in Cot. Hi, Meredith. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good, Meredith. Good. Um, Look, my sister sort of, um, I'm not going to say stole, I'm going to say borrowed a (laughs) favourite pot of mine. Yes. Um, And she's planted um, like a little creeper. It might be like a native wisteria or something. Yeah. Um, And then it's creeping onto a wagon wheel, you know, with a trainer. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I would really like the pot back, so I would like to know (laughs) how I can... (laughs) <laughs> that's into a new one. Yeah, that's easy actually. So presumably what it's climbing up at, what you need to do is you need to buy a pot that's the same size mm-hmm. and then just be very careful with the, the stem so that it doesn't snap mm-hmm. um, and then just bring the, the new pot close to the old pot and carefully... Transfer it across. Oh, oh. oh you there, weird. Meredith? Yeah. So that's no problem. You can do it. There we go. I think Meredith might have a call incoming. All oh, right. Was so. that from the pot thief? Do you reckon? <laughs> that's probably. Why are you dobbing me in? <laughs> uh, let's go to Diane, who's in Bibra Lake. Hello, Diane. Hi, I'm actually dying from Fitzroy Crossing, but I'm down in Bibberlake having treatment on a back injury. Ah, Diane, that doesn't sound good. No, it's not great, but we'll get there. But I'm looking at my garden that's been left for two and a half years and the cooch is like carpet. Um, A gardener's coming in. Yes. Um, He has suggested fuselage. Yeah, well, Um, not a fuselage because that would... Be the front bit of an aeroplane and yeah. might. Oh, sorry. That would totally, <laughs> totally bugger up your garden, Diane. Uh, no, fuselade. Laid. Okay. Yeah, L A D E. Okay. Well, he's suggesting whipper snipping because there's um, a lot of weed. And yeah. It's tall as well. No, it's tall as a ground cover can go. Yes. Um, and, and then mulching it. Would that make sense to you? Um, now, the big problem with that is the seed burden that's there. So is he suggesting he whippersnips, then fuselades, then mulches? Yes. 
Okay. Now, you may need a second crack at the cooch. So right. I wouldn't mulch until you've had a second go at spraying. Okay. And how far apart would you do it? Uh, you've got to wait for the cooch that hasn't died to actually come back. So it needs to be actively growing. Okay. So you're actually better off with the first the first go. I don't know how tall the weeds are. But don't oh. cut it down too far because the more leaf matter you've got for the fusillade to hit, the better. Okay. All right. Okay. And then hit it again. Yeah, then you'll need and, to do a second tree. And you don't need to dig up all the, the roots. No point in digging up cooch. You're just giving okay. it an opportunity to come to through again. Dry, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll ask them to do that. Okay. Thanks a lot, Thank Diane. You Thank, Thank you. Thanks, Diane in Bibra Lake via Fitzroy Crossing. Hope that was helpful. Ricky is in Girraween. Hello, Ricky. Hi. How are you going? Good. Hey, good. Um, I'm having a problem with some of the plants that I bought at the Kings Park plant sale yeah. about probably a month ago. Yeah. They are just not thriving. Uh-huh. So they're quite small. Yeah. Um, some of them are doing fine, but my Kunzia and my Calatrix are yeah. not enjoying their new location. Okay. So when you took them out of, you bought them in tube stock? So when you took them out, did, did they have quite a good root development, do you think? Yes, yeah. And when you put them in the ground, what did you put them in with? Um, so I've I prepped the soil with a bit of organic material and a bit yeah. of um, cat litter to make it water retentive. And then I did the soaking them in a um, like kelp-based thing before. Yeah. And yep. then watered them in with the kelp base. Okay. Uh, so the kelp's not a problem, but the you find that some of that cat litter is very high in salt. Yeah, okay. So that might be what the problem is. Look, I would, because we haven't really had, we've had one or two days of warm weather and then it's gone cold and wet, I wouldn't worry too much, Ricky. Give them, so don't do anything now. So okay. no watering, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you'll find that they'll they'll pick up. Okay. So, All yeah, right. just give Even them a bit they look of... like they're dying? Oh. Jeez. Well, don't do anything else. Okay. <laughs> you may have given them too much love, I think. Yeah, right. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, you may have OD'd, OD'd them on the kelp. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm. Thanks, Ricky. Good luck. Uh, Paul and Malcolm standby. We'll get to you shortly, but Jamie is on text duty. Yeah, Andy and Adderdale uh, needs some help with his mandarin tree. He had a good crop, mm. he tells me, about 100 or so mm-hmm. this year, but five of them at the end of the crop had a bright purple coloration when they were opened. He's asking what causes that purple colour and is it poisonous? D- doubt very much that it would ever be poisonous, not in a inside a mandarin. I don't know what the dark purple would be relating to, though. Mm. If it was right at the end of the season and the last fruit on it, it could be a nutrient uptake that's caused that. But um, I'm not too sure about that one. But that leaves me into a good segue for weird things that's happening in your garden or stuff that you can't identify. Yeah. Because this week, today, is the launch of the Biosecurity Blitz, which is put on by the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development. Or the BSB, to those in the know. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
The biosecurity blitz is all about taking photographs of insects or diseases or weird stuff, um, aquatic weeds, all sorts of things. So you need to download the app. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to PADIS at, I say P-A-D-I-S at dpird.wa.gov.au or just Google Biosecurity Blitz. Blitz. Might be the easier way. It'll go through the steps. So if you've got a mandarin that's done that, so this weird purple coloration, take a photo, send it in to Biosecurity Blitz. Okay. And they'll get back to you and tell you what, what extraordinary event has occurred. What a great service that is. So they it? then provide, at the end of that Biosecurity Blitz period, mm. here are our top five yes. craziest things we encountered. They do a whole... So they keep a record of everything and then at the end of the Biosecurity Blitz they do a report and you can go in there and find out all the answers to all the things people have sent in. Okay. But also a record of what's, you know, what's happening. So there's this disease has occurred because there's a really weird thing happening with roses that what? I've never seen what before. Well, it looks like rose mosaic virus, but it's like extreme rose mosaic virus. Mm. And they're all coming out with this purple coloration. I saw it in Newdigate. I saw it in Katanning and I did a gig last night and a lady bought in a piece, so it's here in Perth as well. On the flower or on the stem? No, it's all the leaves. It's the weirdest. So it's like, it's like, uh, it's like mosaic disease on acid kind of thing. You know, it's like a multi-technicolour dream. That's what it reminded you of, was it? (laughs) Of that, that particular, you know. Song and movie and mm-hmm. yeah. period in time. Yes. Hey, yes. Um, Paul is in Greenwood and has some issues with his mango tree. Hello, Paul. Hello, Sabrina. Thank you for taking my call. No, uh, it's my pleasure. Now, I've got a I've got a mango which is about uh, I don't know if it's, I should call it a tree or anything. It's a mango I've had for about seven to eight years. Yeah. Now, last year it gave me a fruit. It had a lot of flowers. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping I'd get more fruit. I got only one. Oh. One sweet, oh. One sweet mango. Oh. And this year, this year there hasn't been any, any even flowers. Just the leaves are all going brown. So are the leaves going brown on the edges, Paul, or all the way through the leaf? It's gone up to about halfway. Oh, okay. So that's not a good sign. That's sounding like a fungal disease to me. Is there any cracking on the bark? Yes, there are. Okay. They look very dry. So there's a couple of things that can cause that. One of them is Phytophthora, which is a dieback. And the other thing can be anthracnose, which is another type of fungal disease. Right. So you need to go and get some phosphonic acid. Phosphonic. Phosphonic acid. Now, it's what they use to treat dieback with. So if you go to your nursery and you tell them that you want a dieback spray, you can inject the tree with tree syringes and you can also spray all the foliage and you will need to do that ASAP. I'll do that. Yeah. So, I've, yeah, I've gone to one of the places. I took the leaf yes. there and yes. uh, I, t- I took a photo of it and yes. uh, I took some sand. Yeah. Uh, basically, what they told me is just uh, I'm either giving it too much water or no. not enough water. No, so no, no. Keep, 
No, no, it's okay. got nothing to do with water. It's a fungal disease, Paul. Okay, so I get phos- phosphoric acid. Phosphonic acid. Phonic, yeah, phonic yep. acid. Yes. And uh, uh, get a dye back spray. Yes, that's correct. Okay, I'll go and and then how often should I spray? Uh, well, you just need to do it once, Paul, until you see some improvement. You may need to do it again in um, five months' time. Good luck, so. Paul. I hope that that helps you out with your mango tree. And what do you know? We've got another mango tree question from Malcolm in Carnarvon. Hello, Malcolm. Good day. Uh, how are you? Yeah, all good. We's are all good. What I'm going to ask Sabrina? Yes. She, she, uh, she knows a lot about mangoes, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, the thing is, we've got this guy running around the river here, up in Carnarvon. Yeah. And he's going just just walking onto people's property, thinking he's sheriff, you know. Yeah. And he went onto one of my mate's um, properties, and um, he turned around and said, "You've got to cut your mango trees down; they're too high." And uh, me mate turned around and said, well, "What do you mean, too high?" And uh, he said, no, no, they are too high. Well, they're on the edge of the property. Yeah. And um, there's no power lines, there's nothing like that. And uh, this guy said, no, you've got to take them down a lot lower and um, don't have any fruit on the ground. If fruit fall on the ground, you will be getting very seriously fine. Well, this guy thinks he's a little mister, like a little Hitler getting around the river. Yeah. And, um, and it's all over fruit fly, but the thing is, Mango trees, he's growing them around the edge of his property because he grows tomatoes and everything like that, and they're a good windbreak. Windbreak, yeah. Yes, very good windbreak. And uh, and the mangoes, if people want to go on, uh, well, the old greys and that, go um, because there's big caravan parks and uh, town, they all go and just pick a few mangoes for themselves. And that. Yeah. He doesn't, he yeah. doesn't growl them, and um, they uh, keep the property clean. Yeah. But, uh, then he chopped out three of his um, orange trees because the guy seen two oranges on the ground and he was going to find him for it. Ah. So now <clears throat> I'm not too sure what's going on in Carnarvon, but so um, what, what would have happened is the growers, some of the growers in Carnarvon who are trying to battle fruit fly... Um, I'd say what's happening is uh, the fruit fly has become a major problem and I know that what's happening now is I know the Ag Department are releasing a whole pile of sterile fruit fly. So they're probably trying to control fruit fly before they release the sterile fruit, sterile fruit fly. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it. So basically what it is is a clean-up. So... Even if the trees are pruned, Malcolm, they're going to come back. It's not a problem. But the big problem is leaving fruit on the ground because you're just breeding up more fruit fly. So it's really... That's been done to protect all the growers and make the fruit fly, sterile fruit fly release program successful. Thank you for bringing it to our attention, Malcolm. I hope everyone in Carnarvon can live in peace and harmony mm. and enjoy their mangoes. Hey, we're, um, we're going to go to Stephen Frost. He and his wife, Kerry, run Stone Meal Farm in WA's 
Great Southern Region. It's this family-run property and it's leading the push to sustainable farming practices. It won last year's Landcare Award. And Stephen's going to open up the farm to the public on Saturday the 3rd of November. Hello to you, Stephen. Hello. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. Morning. Hey, what can people learn about sustainable farming from Stone Meal Farm? Uh, look, it's, um, well, it just means, uh, I suppose, sustainability in, 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 in several ways. Is that firstly, if you can improve the, the, I suppose, production and the sustainability and the long longevity of your farm every year. So, so how we do it here is we increase our soil organic matter levels or carbon levels, our productivity. Um, and the other thing about sustainable is um, is what you do on a farm that affects the outer environment, as it were. You know, so if you do, if you apply lots of nitrogen, soluble nitrogen, and phosphorus, you can affect the inlets and the water systems. So part of the sustainability, and I think part of the awards for Farm One, was to do with not only productivity but also to do with um, what what happens on the farm and what how that reflects the 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 um, the larger environment, as it were. So it's, it's a bit of a dual thing. So so we do it through um, very low chemical use, and we do it through the soil as our number one asset, the living soil. So we take the soil as living soil, and we also do it through biodiversity and you know managing and and I suppose helping um, the remnant of vegetation, fencing it off, and you know tree plantings and rush plantings and dams. So it's, it's, it's a whole project, but it, it sort of ended up with a lot more profitable for us, um, a lot less inputs and certainly a lot less chemical use. Mm. Stephen, you might have touched on it there, but, but why was sustainability important to you and who did you look to for ideas and advice and, and inspiration? Well, look, we've been farming here since the 70s um, and so we've gone through a lot, not only sustainability and pricing, but in in managing our land and so we were just conventional farmers doing conventional practices 25 years ago and and we just saw a deterioration in soil health um, yeah. and we saw that through two ways we saw it in the in the in the outcome in our stock the health of our stock and sheep and wool quality and we also saw it in the pasture species that were changing and, and our inputs we tended to be sort of reactive farming if not proactive you know so we were out there saying oh it's just a problem after a problem um and we also saw reduction in our clover and our and our good pastures yet our inputs were increasing so the whole that whole sustainability sort of started for us 25 30 years ago um and it was hard where to look i don't it was difficult um i i, I traveled around australia working on other farms who are doing things differently so that went back in the late 70s and um, we were looking at fodder trees on country that was a bit, probably shouldn't have been cultivated or just, and there's a whole pile of sources. Yeah. We sort of, yeah. And I've actually been to Stephen and Kerry's farm and I have tasted the most succulent lamb in my life <laughs> down mm. there and I'm so looking forward to another feed <laughs> when I come down. Um, and you, you just talked about it then. Um, you've got fodder trees on the farm as well and you've got quite a range of them. So what what role do they play? Well, look, we, we started looking at and planting fodder trees and fodder trees meaning, you know, 
they produce either pods or leaves or whatever for sheep or cattle. And we started playing around with them in the early 80s <clears throat> and we just we found the sweet oak, um, which is an acorn, I mean an oak tree, um, was, the, I suppose, the most resilient and gave us the most benefits. So we started planting these oaks in the paddocks um, 20-odd years ago. Um, and uh, um, so most paddocks have them. And, and not only do they drop acorns in autumn, which is when we're really, we're really uh, chasing feed, um, but they're quite productive. You know, you'd get 80 to 100 kilos a tree, um, and that's a tree that might be 9 or 10 years old. But they're also uh, being deciduous. The grass grows up to the trunk, you know, in winter, and, and, and their leaves sort of add to the carbon pool, you know, for the soil. And on, and they're also really, really fire-resistant, meaning that, you, you know, they, they don't burst into flames, um, you know, on a, in, in fire situations like eucalypts might. So we started to plant a lot around the homes and sheds and infrastructure on the farm as well for that reason as well. So... They're just so multi-purpose. We don't do anything. It's once they've planted and we've watered them for one or two years in establishment, that's it. We don't have to harvest the fodder. The fodder falls on the, the acorns fall on the ground. The sheep absolutely love them. Um, and it just gives us a, a, a extra fodder for that time of year. So, and also the positives of what trees do in a farming, in, you know, in a farming environment as mm. well. Stephen, you're opening up the farm to the public on Saturday the 3rd of November. Can you just tell yep. us where people can get more information about that? They can just come to our web webpage for the farm, which is um, stonemealfarm.net. That's stone meal, meal as sort of food. Lamb, <laughs> succulent lamb. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'll... I'll be down there too, so I'm going to take people on a tour through your magnificent veggie garden because I like to balance my meat with a few veggies, Stephen. Even just a little bit. The other thing we do is we we do have a bus. I mean, last time I think we had over 150 people, but Mm. half sort of more in gardening and half in farming because our focus is farming, of course. I mean, we take a bus around the farm and we have a look at the productivity in the sheep and, and soil tests and we sort of dive into it a little bit and what our program is and, and what we do. But booking, they're going to have to book, aren't they? Because you're terribly popular, Stephen. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yes, I think they do need to book because yeah. we, uh, we do tend to have a lot of people coming yep. to them. Yeah, yep. fantastic. And it's down at Narricup, good old Narricup near Mount Barker and Albany. Yeah, a beautiful part of the world. Stephen, thank you so much for filling us in. That's going on at Stone Mill Farm, Narracup, on November the 3rd. We look forward to hearing a little bit more about that. But right now, it's time for this. It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. Ah, oh, yeah, you are so going to dig this. Bit of Joan Jett. Ah, queen of rock. She was she was a big influence for everything. Once she started. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> See, I reckon. It's I reckon. Musical insight this week. She's a big influence <laughs> for everything, ladies and gentlemen. Not just wearing black, but uh, yeah. So I don't know if our listeners have. Have heard of Joan Jett? I'm sure they would have. Um, anyway, she um, 
She's a rocking lady. You're going to love it. All right. Here she is. Sabrina's pick of the week. Any second now. It's coming. <laughs> oh, we've got, got a, a live. build up. <laughs> we have a live version here, do we? Yeah. Here we go. Even Take better. Take it away, Joan Jet. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. The influencer of everything. <laughs> have a good party.
Thank you very much. <laughs> that was big. Go jet. Cop that, Tay-Tay. Yeah. Get Celine Dion, get out of here. Get out of here, Mariah. <laughs> we got Joan Jett on the line. That Boom. was fantastic. Thanks, yeah. Sabrina. Oh, it's my pleasure. Wait till next week. Oh, God. I'm concerned. <laughs> hey, we've had some um, very patient people on hold through all of that. Let's do taking it. it all in. And if you do have a question for Sabrina this morning, one three hundred triple two seven twenty. We can probably squeeze a couple of you in on the phone. Uh, Stecky is in Exmouth. Good morning, Stecky. Good morning, mate. Hello, my friend. How yes. are you? Oh, not too bad. I was just imagining you bloody dancing around the studio. Rocking out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Lucky Head banging. I tell you what, Stecky, if you have to do housework, you put on Joan Jett. You just crank her up. Get it done, wouldn't you? Yeah. I don't think I can move that fast. <laughs> 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 oh, I would have loved to see you, buddy, doing that a few years ago. Oh, I was pretty wild. Oh, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got an easy one for you this morning. Cool. Uh, Williams. Yes. When they finish flowering. Yes. I have mine in pots, you see. Now, how long, because of the heat up here, how am I supposed to leave those... In that uh, growing still, yep. Before I bung them in the, in the, into the into the fridge. Look, I'd I'd leave them in as long as you can, Stecky. I know it gets really hot up there, but yeah. that that final bit is really really important. I realise this, yeah. but I just hope they can stand. Well, anyway, it's kind of interesting. So you, you need, yeah, I know, but you're going to need at least four weeks. Oh, well, I was going to give them a bit longer. Oh, good. Well, if you, you can know, give I, them, I keep listening. The minute it reaches forty, mate. Well, that's it. Yeah, they're, they're that's readily. yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's more. It's not sort of length of time. It's the, <laughs> it's the height of the temperature. temperature. And, you yeah, know, and, this, and you know our climate is not um, behaving itself as the last few years. And yeah, worse, so. yeah, I know but, it's quite unpredictable. But I've um, had some good, good flaring this year. So I think, and actually, we've had some good flaring around locally sort of thing. There's a lot, oh, of, the really? gum, a lot of the gums are opening and bursting oh, out. So oh, fantastic. Bees are happy as hell down, aren't they? They're starting to move. So. It's, it's been warm early up there, though, hasn't it? it? Yes, it has. Yeah. Um, it's 34, I think, maybe today, but it's been Ooh. warm. But, um, no, I don't want to leave them in there, but you, you, in pots I'll cook, you see. If yeah, I, that's if, right, they'll fry. If I put them in the shade, the ambient temperature still will reach them, you see. So. Yeah, that's yeah. That's what I wasn't quite sure, but I had pretty good. I had a flower this year. Which measured nearly 13 inches. <gasps> now you're bragging. Deck. Yeah, that's bragging. But it's a bit, it was a good one. Only thing it was, it took ages to open itself up. I kept every day looking at it. Looking at it it's like the old watch boiling yep. system. Yeah, know? never boil. Yeah, turn your back. Oh, <laughs> there you are at last. <laughs> well uh, done, Stecky. Yeah, it's not a, it's good. And uh, the white ones have a brilliant scent. So that was, yeah. You know, yeah so, but anyway, that's, that's all I'm All right, to find good out, job. Mate. So as soon as it's between 38 and 40, out they go. Thanks very much, Stecky. Good luck with that. Uh, George is in Salter Point. Hi, George. Hi. Hey. I've got a lemon tree. hasn't had fruit for two years. Which What's wrong with it? Which I, are you feeding it and watering it? Watering. I'm watering. got a sprinkler system for the tree. Yeah, you're feeding it? No. Well, there you go. You don't. If you don't feed me, George, I don't perform too well either. So now, because lemon trees are such such big growers, um, a lot of energy goes into that. So you're going to have to feed them to get it to fruit. Is it in full sun? Full sun. It's in full sun. Yep. Okay. So you might half a day. 
half the day it's in full sun. Okay, morning or afternoon? Afternoon. Oh, yeah, cool. That's all good. Okay, so go and get yourself some fertiliser that's got all the trace elements in it because they need iron, manganese and magnesium in the fertiliser that you're buying. Trace elements, that covers it, does it? Well, no, it's a fertiliser, but it has to have all the trace elements in it as right. well. I'm just making a note, fertiliser yep. with yep. trace elements. Well, you can, get a citrus, you can get a citrus fertiliser, George. Citrus fertiliser. Yeah, and that covers everything. Fine. How often do I put it on? It's on the bag, I suppose. It'll tell you on the bag, but depending on the size of the tree, you're probably looking at about um, a cup per tree around the drip line. Oh, okay. So one cup of fertiliser around where the outside of the leaves are and water it in. On the tree itself. Sorry? Around the base of the tree or on the leaves? No, 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 the base of the tree. Around the base of the tree, yeah. Yeah. And then water it in really well. and that, So do that every four months. Thanks, George. I hope that that helps. Peter is in Kingsley. Hello, Peter. Good morning, everyone. How are you morning. all? Good. Good, Peter. So, last time I called, I was talking about my kumquat under my jacaranda and I gave it a fair rogering. Yes. You know what? <laughs> what? I hate, to, <laughs> I hate to say it, but the bloody thing kept on growing and now it's flowering. Thank you very much. You scared <laughs> the living daylights out of it. <laughs> That's the way oh, to go. Glad you got a result. No, absolutely. Look, I went and bought myself a dwarf apple. I yep. thought it would look nice in a ornamental pot just next to my... Um, front door, yeah, and uh, it uh, had some lovely leaves up the stem, and then they proceeded to drop off. I have now on the crown 14 magnificent leaves, and then I have a straight stalk for about 70 centimetres, yeah. and then I have one little uh, plant, uh, one little, uh, sorry, uh, one little uh, branch with one little flower, and I'm wondering, what am I doing wrong with it? No, that's quite normal for apples to do that when the weather goes hot, cold, Warm, cold, wet, cold. So don't worry about the apple having leaf fall because that's quite normal. Now, the thing for you, though, Peter, is that apple is going to need a friend because apples have to have another pollinator. So uh-huh. you so you need to go to the shop and buy to the nursery and get yourself another dwarf apple that's compatible with the apple that you have. Okay, then that's not a problem. I can do that. But don't worry about the leaf drop. They'll form more leaves as soon as we start getting a regular pattern of warm weather. They've got no branches, though. It's just a straight stick. I could. I that's could, all right. Because uh, they're, they're spur. They grow from spurs, not the ones that the cowboys wear. Yeah. But you'll yeah. see. <laughs> but you bring in the wife. We'll go for it. <laughs> Wrong spur. So um, conserve that energy for your apple tree there, Peter. We don't want you getting exhausted. Don't too early, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) Your apple needs you. That's the story of my life. Thank you very much, Serena. Okay, no worries, Peter. Good on you, Peter. Oh, Oh, classic. Good on you, Peter. A good rogering of a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrap your thighs around it. (laughs) (laughs) We're back on the thigh thing. Here we go. Yeah, we never quite left. Uh, Kate, on the text, nothing to do with thighs. Hi, Sabrina. What do I need to feed my gardenia 
It was Gardenia. It was yeah. quite developed, Gardenia. but there's a few le- yellow leaves now. It's in a big pot. Oh, now it's quite normal for gardenias oh. to drop their leaves, and it'll be the older leaves that go yellow because it takes from the old, gets rid of them, mm-hmm. and gives to the young. So that's okay. So it's fine. Nothing to worry. about. You know those plants you told me to get for the front of my place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. of them have got a few yellow leaves. Escalonia. Is, is that bad? No, that's quite normal yes. because the weather pattern's just been bizarre. Okay. So. Plants are just going, oh, is it spring or what? Come on. Uh, okay, good stuff. Uh, another text to hear. I love you guys. You're all funny. Thank you. <laughs> There's actually a question in there too, but I had uh, to read that bit. Mm, is it too late to prune my mudgy waddle and I'm in Bustleton? Uh, no, absolutely not. You can go and you roger your mudgy wattle. Okay. And another one here uh, from Nick who's in Bassendine. I need some advice. I want to repot a magnolia as the pot's too small. Yeah. And I want to move it to a wine barrel. What do I even do? Oh, you buy, you go and buy yourself, or you get another strong friend to help uh-huh. you. Uh, you go I'm and busy, buy sorry. really good, <laughs> really good just quality. Yes. Did you just wink no, I know, I, I know. I, did. I, I loved it. What was wrong with that? Not, not creepy at all. Um, <laughs> so get really good. <laughs> good bottle uh, of good bottle, a good bag of potting mix. It just rolled off the tongue, didn't it? Oh, it is the weekend. Um, Put in a small amount of compost and some manure and pot it up and she'd be lovely. There you go, Nick. Make sure your wine barrel's up off the ground. Bit of elevation. Is that just for drainage purposes? That's for drainage. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, Nick just goes on to ask, um, he also has some roses and it has a, a kind of a browning on the tips. Is it sunburnt? It does get no. a full afternoon no, sun. No, not sunburn. Potassium deficiency. Get some liquid potassium on it. Beauty. There you go, Nick. Excellent. Hey, can I sneak this one in for my yeah, mother-in-law? Yeah, go on. Sneaky, sneaky. Because, you, you know, want if you can't help out family during oh. recent shoots, then what good are you? Exactly. This is for Vicky. Vicky has, uh, lives in an apartment in yes. Fremantle with mm-hmm. a south-facing balcony, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't mm-hmm. get a lot of direct sun apart from early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Vicky would like to grow some tomatoes and herbs in pots. Yes. But her 89-year-old mother, whose name is Audrey. Yes. Hello, Audrey. Says that she won't get fruit on the tomato plants because they're too high up to attract insects to the bushes. Is that true? Uh, yes, but um, you can pollinate yourself with a with a paintbrush, a little tiny paintbrush, and you've got to flick the flower with your finger so the pollen comes down the tube. Then you get a paintbrush and go from flower to flower. Right. However, tomatoes need full sun, all day sun, a lot of heat to actually develop fruit. Mm. So the problem will be that it may not be getting enough sun. Yeah, that might be a problem. Pollinating you can always do yourself. Okay. So, you, But with the with, – with, Tomatoes in particular, some of them, the pollen doesn't fall down the tube, so you just flick them. I'm glad I know that because I feel like if I turned up to the apartment and I saw Vicky out on the balcony flicking plants and painting them with a mm. tiny paintbrush, I might it's think, time. oh dear, Jeez. time. Oh, some decisions need to be made. <laughs> we need to have a, need to have a chat. <laughs> Can I just say quickly, there's a big garage sale on at Mandura next Sunday um, for Halo, which is supporting homeless people, yep. at the Greenfield Shops car park from 7 to 12 and the lovely Darren Thorpe is at the Pinjarra Garden Festival at Eden Vale and she's doing a talk there from 11 to 1.30. Beautiful. No, she's doing a talk but it's there from 11 to 1.30. 11 to 1.30 is a long talk. It's a long talk. <laughs> she won't be talking the entire time but she will be at the Pinjarra Garden Festival. Excellent. Thank you, Sabrina. Now, Terry has been waiting very patiently on the line in Rolly Stone. Hello, Terry. 
Hello. Hello, Terry. Hello. <laughs> I've got... Um, I, I um, was given some seeds, right? Eucalyptus, King's Millii and Silver Princess. Yeah. And I've put them in seed-raising mix and they're all popping up very fine little leaves. Excellent. There's a whole lot of them together. Yeah. But um, what do I do? I gave them some slow-release pellets yesterday, you know, the yeah. you buy. Yeah. And is that okay? And then I, what do I do? Because they're only seed raising mix. It's not much uh, yep. nutrition. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, that's all right because they're native plants and they don't need a lot of nutrition. So okay. I, I wouldn't be doing anything else until they're quite big. You know, okay. like they need to be, say, 15 centimetres high. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So just the what you're doing now is perfect. Right here. And I've got two broad leaves on Yungiana. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> it's a beautiful tree. I love it. And um, also I've, I've struck um, a couple of cuttings of erythocoris. Will I have much luck with that? No, none at all. No. I'm so oh, sorry. Okay. What, about, what about Burundong Beauty? I've no. done that too. No. Uh, oh, yeah, no, Burundong Beauty, you should be okay. I just did a little Yeah, no, okay. that's good. That's good. Oh, okay. I'll have a go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sabrina. Thanks, Bye-bye. Terry. Now, we have to wish Andrew, who lives in Bustleton, a huge happy 47th birthday. 47? Because his whole family, his whole family listened to us. Do they? So, oh, morning, yeah. everyone. Hello, so, happy Andrew's birthday, family. Andrew. Have a ripper day and to the whole family. And I think that was his brother. Ah. That just dropped the little line too. So, ah. well done, bro. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Hit it. Yeah, there you go. Good stuff. Um, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. We yeah. were in tune and everything. Yeah, I went up. low. <laughs> You did. Funny, though. Uh, be, yeah. Um, that got a little Marilyn Monroe, but in a creepy <laughs> way then. Uh, just one, a couple to squeeze in. Yes. Uh, from Bleeding Obvious. Nice. Uh, if your fruit tree is in a pot, is it is it pointless to put fertiliser around the drip line if it's... Well, uh, you've got to put fertiliser on the top of the pot wherever you can. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Good on you. Uh, mm. And greetings from Broom. I need a screening plant on a fence. I'd go for... Oh, on the fence line, rather, about two metres. Okay, so I'd go for one of the local wattles, one of the local acacias. They're absolutely stunning. Or one of the local grevilleas. Okay, and thank you to John in Mount Lawley. We're talking about the purple mandarins. Oh, yes. He was saying that he saw a story online uh, earlier and from memory it related to some kind of fertilising and it wasn't harmful for eat. But Okay, you know. so it'd be, high, it'd be too high levels of phosphorus, I would suggest. Okay. So, or boron. Right, so you can probably find that online, bit of handy Google work, but maybe safe to sorry, you know, if you've got 95 that are not purple, maybe don't worry about the five that are. I wouldn't, and I'd eat it. Would you? Yeah, I'd eat the purple fruit. Would you? Yeah, absolutely. Guinea pig. Yep. Okay. See what happens. Good to know. When you're my age, doesn't matter. That's it, roll the dice. Yep, absolutely. Go for it. I've got too much to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's it from us. That is it from us. Sabrina, thank you so much. Pleasure. We will chat to you again next week. You will. Look forward to that. Jamie, been a pleasure. See ya. Have a good morning. Bye.